Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. Thanks for tuning in. Ham Talk Live will be on the air shortly. Please stand by. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you by Tower Electronics. For connectors, cables, and more, call 920-435-2973 or visit pl-259.com. Here's the snap. Rap takes the rig. He breaks through the pileup. He's on 80. Now 40. Now 20. 15. 10. 2 meters. Touchdown, Ham Talk Live. It's Ham Radio with Neil Rapp. Here we go. Welcome to Ham Talk Live. Call in, let's talk. Neil's your guy. Ham Talk Live. Here we go on Ham Talk Radio. Good evening to everyone. It's time for another Ham Talk Live. It's episode number 87, the new 2018 ARRL Handbook with Editor Ward Silver in Zero AX, recorded live on Thursday, October 26, 2017. I'm your host, Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ham Talk Live. Tonight we're joined by Ward Silver in Zero AX. And we'll take your calls live in just a few minutes. Last week on the show, Sean Kutzko, KX9X, was here. And uh, he was talking about getting started with satellites. So if you missed that show, you can catch it over at our website, hamtalklive.com, or on any of the podcast outlets like Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, SoundCloud, or even over on YouTube. You can find us there. So uh, make sure you check that out. And um, get your handbook questions ready to go. We're going to talk to Ward here about that. Uh, the number you can call uh, whenever we're ready for that, I'll let you know. But I'll go ahead and give you the number. It's 812-NET-HAM-1. That's 812-638-4261. Or you can Skype us. Our username is HamTalkLive. You can also send a question via Twitter. We're uh, on there, and our handle is at HamTalkLive there. So uh, we'd love to hear from you tonight and take your questions. So um, chime in by uh, Twitter or Skype or by telephone, and uh, we'll talk to to Ward for uh, a few minutes here, and then we'll uh, take a break, and then we'll turn it over to uh, the questions. So, again, that number is 812-638-4261 when we get ready for that couple of odds and ends here to take care of. Uh, Gary over at Ham Radio Now was just telling me uh, he was planning on doing a show before ours, and uh, due to some mix-ups in the time zones, uh, they're um, they're going to start here in a little bit. So you can catch that on the replay that's over at Ham Radio Now. Uh, they're going to be talking about uh, Puerto Rico and uh, talking to a couple of people who um, were on that trip to uh, do some um 
disaster communications down there. So um, that'll be coming up in a little bit uh, live on Facebook, but uh, the replay will be on there as well so that uh, you don't miss either one. And also, good luck to everyone this weekend at CQ Worldwide this weekend. And as we say on the show uh, here, may the good DX be yours. So hopefully we'll we'll hear you on the air and uh, plan on um, getting in on part of it. Uh, We've got to do some things this weekend, but uh, but hopefully uh, Sunday can uh, can get in on some of that. So be sure you catch us here every Thursday night on Ham Talk Live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time at hamtalklive.com. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll have some more stuff up there uh, here after the show. Well, Ward Silver N0AX was first licensed at age 16 uh, in 1972 and uh, earned a degree in electrical engineering at the University of Missouri Rolla, which is now the Missouri University of Science and Technology. Uh, Ward spent time in broadcast engineering and field and product development engineering for many years. And um, he's an avid contester, DXer. He's on the DXCC honor roll, uh, the top 10 in several contests and record lists, and uh, one of the founders of the World Radio Sport Team Championships. Uh, he's currently the president of the Yasme Foundation, which he's been on the show talking about that before. And um, he's pursued technical writing, and he's uh, been the lead editor of the ARRL Handbook and Antenna Book for a while. Um, he's authored many others, uh, such as some of the study guides, Ham Radio for Dummies, uh, a recent one on grounding, and uh, many, many articles. Um, he was the 2008 Dayton Amateur of the Year and in 2015 inducted into the CQ Contest Hall of Fame. And he enjoys his music, especially with the world-famous Spurious Emissions Band each year at Dayton. So, Ward, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, thank you, Neil. Glad to be here. And, um, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm going to have to edit that uh introduction down it's uh, about time to go uh, how about that <laughs> yeah well i actually cut it from last time so oh, yeah gosh. wow and, and, and by the way anytime anytime we mention a certain brand of radio on this program now we have a little clip of one of the spurry submissions band songs oh, so, so anytime somebody is, you know one of those like some of those tv shows whenever you say the word you know the sirens go off and everything you know so anytime somebody says says Baofeng, Baofeng. We, we, we play a little clip of the the Baofeng song so there you go yeah neil that was a big hit and thank you for the idea <laughs> yeah now, now we'll see. How, we'll see how this other idea pans out. I don't, I'm still trying. I want. I want to get the whole song this time. I don't know. There you. We'll, we'll, well everybody. We'll wants see. To play. You know. Uh, have fun. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the uh, new ARRL handbook that just came out here uh, recently, and uh, yep. wanted to mention uh, something I uh, saw on Twitter today. Uh, Kay Craigie, the past president of ARRL in uh, 3KN. Uh, tweeted out when she saw that you were going to be on tonight with this. She said, any technical concept Ward can't explain clearly probably made no sense to begin with. And uh, experts, newbies alike, uh, benefit from his work. So uh, 
one of the things that we want to talk about tonight is, is your um, work in trying to uh, explain complicated things and technical things. Well, um, uh, Kay's very kind, and I appreciate the uh, the endorsement. Um, you know, uh, 15 years of doing hands-on radio and trying to fit complicated ideas into a two-page uh, format um, is quite a challenge. And I understand Twain's, um, Mark Twain's remark about, I'm sorry, I wrote you such a long letter. I didn't have time to write you a short one, but you know, the, <laughs> yeah, it's really true. Um, and she's very kind. I've uh, really appreciated the feedback from the readers over the years. And um, uh, the handbook is really something that I enjoy putting together. I, I really have to acknowledge the work of all the people that um, put their shoulder to the wheel and contribute so much to the handbook because some of it I do write, but not very much compared to all the uh, articles and updates and reviews and everything else that come in. I think the uh, contributor list was in, you know, dozens this year uh, in a major revision like this. Well, we're going to put that theory to the test here. So uh, we, we've got a little piece here that we want to play, and uh, we're going to have you um, explain everything. So, so here we go. This is, uh, this is test number one. Here at Rockwell Automation's world headquarters, research has been proceeding to develop a line of automation products that establishes new standards for quality, technological leadership, and operating excellence. With customer success as our primary focus, work has been proceeding on the crudely conceived idea of an instrument that would not only provide inverse reactive current for use in unilateral phase detractors, but would also be capable of automatically synchronizing cardinal gram meters. Such an instrument comprised of Dodge gears and bearings, Reliant electric motors, Allen Bradley controls, and all monitored by Rockwell Software is Rockwell Automation's retroencabulator. Now basically, the only new principle involved is that instead of power being generated by the relative motion of conductors and fluxes, it's produced by the modial interaction of magneto-reluctance and capacitive directance. The original machine had a base plate of prefamulated amulite surmounted by a malleable logarithmic casing in such a way that the two spurving bearings were in a direct line with a panometric fam. The lineup consisted simply of six hydrocoptic marzal vanes, so fitted to the ambifacient lunar wane shaft that side fumbling was effectively prevented. The main winding was of the normal lotus-o deltoid type placed in panendermic semi-boloid slots of the stator every seventh conductor being connected by a non-reversible tremie pipe to the differential girdle spring on the up end of the gram meters. Moreover, whenever fluorescent score motion is required, it may also be employed in conjunction with a drawn reciprocation dingle arm to reduce sinusoidal deplenoration. The retroencabulator has now reached a high level of development, and it's being successfully used in the operation of Milford trunnions. It's available soon, wherever Rockwell Automation products are sold. All right, so there you go. So so uh, e explain to us how the retro encabulator works. 
Well, you see the dingle arm and the uh, cross product with the uh, divergence of the gradient of the Thelman wire uh, is really important. You know, if you haven't got that under control, (laughs) why why you could have a hyperprompt disassembly. There you go. Yeah. Sinusoidal deplenteration. That's that's just a bad thing. (laughs) Yeah. Gesundheit. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. we've had some we've had some fun with that, and uh, I just tweeted out the uh, the YouTube address if you want to watch the video of that because the the guy is the, the latest one anyway. the The guy actually was was doing it as a uh, a demo tape, so you know to prove that he could sell anything you know on TV, and so he's got the whole set and you know moves his hands and everything you know like it like that actually works <laughs> yeah i'll tell you the guy's a master yeah he, he did a good job with it so if you want to watch that that's retro encabulator on youtube and uh, as i said i tweeted the uh, the link to that out while ago if you want to watch that after the show it's uh it's pretty funny well let's talk with, about some serious stuff um the 95th edition of the handbook caught off the press so tell us about what a reader would find in the handbook well retro tabulators are not in there um the uh handbook gets a big facelift every once in a while um my first attempt at this was in 2010 when we took it apart and reorganized it and they again in 2014 and the 2018 edition is another one of these major reworks. So I think the, the biggest change to a long-term reader at the handbook is that you'll find the chapters that used to be receivers and transmitters um, and transceivers and that sort of thing are now more about functions, receiving, transmitting, and um, that sort of thing. Everything in uh, ham radio, um, in terms of the equipment, is starting to change with SDR and DSP techniques and stuff. So instead of trying to tell people how to uh, build a specific device, basically we talk about the functions and then how they would be done in an analog way, the old, say, the old super hat, and um, then how they would be done digitally through software-defined radio techniques. So this is sort of a transition, I think. In five years, four or five years, you may not be able to buy a new radio that's uh, fully analog, except for maybe some niche-type um, transceivers. But um, So it was important to move the handbook in that direction. Another big plus is... Um, Ken Norton, uh, Norris, is um, KK9N, has brand new update of the remote control section in the uh, building a station chapter. And that's, uh, that's quite a cool thing. We're also starting to include more microwave um, material, notably uh, Paul Wade, W1GHZ, um, has contributed a bunch of new material and uh, so there is a lot of uh, 
a lot of new stuff. Uh, we're trying to hang on to the basics uh, that are not changing, but we're trying to update the handbook to reflect the current state and trends of technology. I think that's a really good um, assessment of where we are with things right now because uh, the the digital trend, even even VHF and UHF. Um, and now HF uh, is is right there, and so we're in that transition right now of um, moving from one to another, and, and there's a lot of both going on. And um, SDRs are just catching on like wildfire. And uh, I've yeah. been lucky enough to to play with uh, with the SDR in a box at school, the uh, ICOM seventy three hundred, and just fell in love with it. Um, and, uh, I think you're going to see more of that. Well, we're just starting, um, SDR, um, is not only taking over the, um, the existing radio, but it's going to enable entirely new ways of, uh, looking at the radio spectrum. And, um, that is going to change the way the radio looks, the way we operate, the way we think about operating, the way we think about radio. And you'll still have radio waves going from point A to point B. But the equipment on each end is going to start looking uh, quite a bit different. The current radio is still a uh, box with some numbers on it and a big knob in the middle. Um, and that's pretty much been the, the standard for radios since the 1930s. And SDR is going to enable big changes. So it's important to know what's under the hood. We don't all have to become uh, hotshot DSP coders, but it's important to know the basic functions and the basic elements so that you can use and um, understand what it is that your radio is doing. So the handbook is uh, is not a design manual for SDR, um, but it's a uh, how to use SDR and how SDR works document. Very good. Well, you mentioned it's the first big revision uh, in a while. It was actually uh, 2014. Um, so what are some of the um, the additions that uh, are, are in the book this time? Well, how long you got? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, we've touched every chapter except the chapter on um, telemetry and navigational data. And that is in work with uh, the two primary authors to come in a future edition. So everything is going to be touched. Um, chapters two, three, and four that used to be the, uh, the electronic fundamentals and then analog basics and digital basics, all that's been reorganized now. And um, you've got a, a fundamentals chapter and then a circuits and components chapter and, um, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So that's – and the digital basics chapter um, is now a downloadable uh, PDF. There's a big radio math article that's downloadable and a radio math cheat sheet to help you out. Um, then we talk about uh, toroidal cores, um Noise materials all been updated. There's a really nice new section on electromagnetic simulator software by uh, the founder of Sonnet uh, Software, Jim Rascio, AJ3K. Um, 
if you read Hands on Radio, the November column mentions Jim's um, online article about Maxwell's equations. He's a very uh, knowledgeable guy. Started out with Apple IIe programs, and now he's got a big company that does electromagnetic simulations. And um, you keep going. Uh, we've got a new chapter on DSP and SDR fundamentals by Doug Grant, K1DG. The oscillators chapter has new material. There's a lot of new filter stuff. We've got. I'll I'll get into the projects in a minute. Um, just jumping through all this, uh, not to dwell on SDR too much, but N5AC. Steve Hicks, who's a, a VP of Engineering at Flex, wrote a lot on. SDR signal chains and user interfaces. Uh, we have some stuff on GNU radio, GNU radio, FPGA tools, and all sorts of stuff. So then you get into um, uh, the free DV protocols. Uh, that's all new. Uh, some discussion of the pallet amplifier modules, uh, the new system fusion and DMR um, I would, I guess, protocols are really their systems. Propagation chapters updated. Um, we've got new treatment on waveguides. A bunch of new uh, antenna projects. Uh, even added some connectors, uh, connector material, and um, you know, it just goes on. Uh, vector impedance analyzers, time delay, uh, time domain reflectometry discussions, amplifier repair section got updated. All sorts of things. So, uh, hey, there's some grounding and bonding stuff in there. How about that? Oh, hey, yeah. some grounding stuff from you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the satellite stuff got updated. The EME stuff got updated. Uh, the digital and ATV stuff got updated, too. So we touched an awful lot of it. And um, just some of the new projects. There's a bunch of new VHUHF and microwave filters um, from Paul W1. GHZ. There's a couple of nice pre-selectors for your SDR if you start playing around with the uh, little dongle um, RTL SDR, for example. The, those don't have very good front-end rejection of strong signals, and you need a, a pre-selector. So um, got a couple of those. Um, some new audio interfaces, um, Arduino and Pickaxe stuff, a couple of new antennas, um, and we have a spud gun antenna launcher article. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so there's also something with that element of danger, fire, and uh, <laughs> imminent death. There you oh, go. Oh, my. Well, I, I remember, you know, back in the day, I, I picked up a copy of of the handbook from my college bookstore. It was on clearance. It was the, the previous year's edition. and. Mm-hmm. Got it real cheap, you know, and I thought, well, you know, I'll pick this up and, and come to find out they were using it as a textbook for the uh, broadcast uh, electronics course. And uh, there's just all kinds of stuff in there and and, and so much information just packed into to one big book. And, um, you know, it, it's changed over the years and you, you mentioned all these recent changes, but uh this thing can can serve a lot of different people. It can it can serve as a textbook for this for this class as well as just for the the 
you know, uh, say casual ham uh, that wants to launch an antenna. There's a lot of uh, professionals out there that keep a copy um, on hand as well because it's got a lot of day-to-day stuff um, in it. And so they'll buy a, um, a copy. It's only, what is it, 50 bucks now? Um, yeah. And uh, if, if you go in and price college textbooks or any kind <laughs> of material, you're into three digits. So I would tell my students, even if you're not really interested in ham radio, this is a great book full of reference material, basic theory, um, projects, uh, tables of interesting stuff and things about feed lines and transistors. And you can't beat the bang for the buck. You really can't. And um, I'm just uh, delighted that we're you know, working hard on trying to make it a real practical, uh, useful thing. And, even if you don't read it, it'll hold stuff down because it's real heavy. <laughs> well, let, that brings us to the next question. So let's talk about uh, how people can uh, get a hold of a copy and what different formats uh, are available for that. And then uh, we're going to take a break here in a minute and take some calls. So so tell us about, uh, about how you would get a copy of the handbook. Well... Um, ARRL.org slash store. Um, go to the ARRL store. That's the best place. Um, it's available from Ham Radio Outlet and DX Engineering and all of the ham radio vendors. Just go down to uh, your local ham fest and uh, there's a book vendor there. They should have a copy. So um, they're all over the place. One note, um, this year we dropped the CD-ROM um, all the material that comes out as a supplement is downloadable. So you get a code with each book, and then you can download a CD's worth of material and put it on your hard drive. So a lot of good stuff in there, too. But, uh, you know, online um, at your local electronics dealer, as they say. Okay, very good. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And then we'll come back and give you a chance to call in and ask some questions about the handbook and uh, other things from Ward right after this from Tower Electronics right here on Ham Talk Live. This episode of Ham Talk Live is brought to you in part by Tower Electronics. Tower Electronics has been the Ham's Dime Store since 1978. When you need connectors, mobile and handheld antennas, cables, or adapters, visit Scott or Jill at a Ham Fest near you. Or you can order online at pl-259.com or call 920-435-2973. Stock up on those supplies like PL-259 and end connectors, SMA adapters, audio cables, soldering supplies, mobile antennas, and handheld. Sticks. Their silver-plated end connectors are even used on the International Space Station. Tower Electronics carries MFJ, Comet, Daiwa, OPEC, Workman, and HamPro products. And don't miss their 0% off sale going on now. Tower Electronics, online at pl-259.com. Proud to sponsor this episode of Ham Talk Live. Copy 594 from Ham Talk Live. 
Join the conversation. Call us on voice with Skype at Ham Talk Live or give us a call at 812 Net Ham 1. That's 812 638 4261. Now, here's more Ham Talk Live. And Jill at Tower Electronics for sponsoring the show. Help bring you Ham Talk Live each week. And uh, coming up, they're going to be in uh, LaGrange, Georgia on October 28th and November 3rd, 4th, and 5th. They'll be in Lawrenceville, Georgia. And I know they're planning on a trip here to Indiana to Fort Wayne uh, later on in November. Um, so if you can't. Find them at one of those ham fests. Give them a call at 920-435-2973 or visit their website at pl-259.com. Tell them I sent you and uh, they'll give you that 0% off sale that's, that's still going on now. Well, it's time for your calls. If you have a question for Ward, give us a call. It's 812-NET-HAM-1. Now is the time to call. It's 812-638-4261. Now, if you're, if you're not up for calling, you can tweet us. We're at HamTalkLive. Um, and uh, you can also Skype us at HamTalkLive uh, if you'd like. But uh, let's, uh, let's hear from you and um, hear about uh, some of those, those questions out there. And actually, I did have one, and I may have to... Pull this up here. I, I did have a question that came in earlier this week. Um, it was about... Um, oh, I don't see it at the moment. Um, it was about um, uh, some... I, want, I can't remember what it was. It was radio or something that was uh, drawing... Uh, power even while it was turned off and they didn't understand why uh why it would draw power while it was turned off so you want to you want to try that one well sure um that's typical of a lot of electronics these days you turn the power off really all you've really done is turn off the display and um maybe uh in a radio you turn off power to the amplifier section and, and whatnot. But what's going on um, inside is it's still um, still live. It may be waiting for some kind of a, a signal um, or perhaps if a signal comes in and it's above a certain level, the radio will wake up. Uh, usually that's a configurable item inside the menus. Um, they're sort of a standby setting and if you turn that off you can make it really turn off but usually that's so the radio can wake up um on some kind of an event um okay and i uh, and I, so I, I found the the exact question here too it's from gail harris and says uh her icom 706 uh mark 2g has phantom power um her solar system gets drained when it's hooked up but not turned mm-hmm. on Yep. Yeah. Go in and see about uh, see if there's a uh, configuration item to 
kill whatever it is that's um, sucking down the juice. And phantom right. power is a phantom name power. also used to power uh, electric microphones. So if you plug in on a, a microphone, um, uh, like uh, ICOMs, um, have power on a certain pin of the um, of the output connector. And that's for powering um, an electric mic, and it's called phantom power. And as yeah. long as I'm on that subject, um, 48 there's volts. a big section. What's that? 48 volts. And if it's oh. turned on and you accidentally plug in your phone into a mixer that has phantom power turned on because somebody didn't know and turned it on and, and you walk in and just plug it in and not realize it. It, it does quite a number on your headphone jack. I've heard. Mm, yep. Um, you got to be careful about mixing different types of gear. Pro audio has its uh, way of doing business and that's not always the same as um, how hams do it. There is a big new section on, the um, microphones by Jim Brown, K9YC, and a big section on how to properly set up your microphone levels. Plus, uh, Jim Tan, W4, Echo November, Echo, E&E, um, contributed some updated compressor and uh, uh, other circuits for uh, speech amps and that sort of thing. The, the circuits in there had been out there a long time, and there's better technology in there. So we're trying to uh, get to the um, how to actually operate your equipment uh, part of things in the handbook. Very good. 812-638-4261 is the phone number if you have a question. Um, or you can tweet us like uh, like she did at uh, Ham Talk Live and, uh, and ask whatever you want to. We'll give it a try. And... Uh, Ward, why don't uh, while we're waiting uh, to see if we have any of those questions come in, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the history of the handbook? It's been ninety five editions, so talk about mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of the the history behind it. The very first edition was in nineteen twenty six, um, and it was a little book. It was about um, the thickness of a couple. QSTs, two and a half QSTs, um, in the old format, um, the old smaller format. And as uh, the saying goes, it's grown a bit. Um, and uh, it pretty much had everything you needed to know to hook up a typical ham station of the day, which everybody was using the same stuff. And that was... Uh, uh, I can't remember when they finally got rid of Spark for sure, but everybody was using the same type of uh, radio equipment in those days. And so the handbook could focus on that. And then um, later, uh, the antenna book came out in 1939. So for 13 years, the uh, handbook was it. Um, after World War II, well, actually, there's an interesting little sidebar here. There was a uh, defense uh, edition, 1942, after uh, Pearl Harbor. And uh, there's a few copies of those floating around out there. They printed a special edition of the handbook for amateurs engaged in um, homeland defense and uh, the military. And then um, they kept putting out uh, handbooks. 
And then World War II ended and everybody came home and ham radio took off again. And so there were lots of handbook editions every year. So uh, 1926 was uh, 91 years ago. There's been a couple of different editions. Sometimes they came out um, at the same time. They were um, not all the same, like there was the defense edition, that, edition, that sort of stuff. So this is the 95th edition. we got five years to go for the centennial. Um, there was a supplementary book in the uh, 1960s and, and 70s um, called Understanding Ham Radio and Understanding Amateur Radio. And it was sort of the gateway to the handbook. You know, we talk, we laugh about the retro encabulator, but when you're just getting started out in ham radio, um, a lot of the more advanced projects and things that you're not familiar with do have that retro encabulator uh, flavor about them. And so I remember reading as a kid, I'd read a copy of the handbook and hit something that totally bamboozled me. And then I could go back to this understanding ham radio book and, um, and then I go, oh, oh, I kind of get it. And then I go back to the handbook and, and read it. A lot of us learned electronics out of the handbook that way. So it's a long tradition of both teaching and instruction and guidelines for practical use. And the handbook has always been approached with the idea that um, the first rung of the ladder is low enough for a motivated amateur to reach, like a, a general class licensee or a, a somewhat experienced technician. And the, the first rung has to be low enough that somebody who uh, wants to get there can do it. It's not an engineering textbook. Um, it's for ham radio operators, and we recognize that not all of us are engineers and uh, technical experts and um, so that information is valuable to everybody. Hope that hasn't wasn't too long, but that's yeah, basically good. how the uh, that's how the handbook has come together over the years, and it's a great honor for me to be the editor of this book. Um, and not only that, the antenna book and the license manuals. So it's about three thousand pages of material, and I'm I'm very uh, proud uh, to to be responsible for it. Very good. Well, we've got another uh, question here. We, we, I think we kind of got this uh, answered already mm -hmm. since he typed it in. But uh, Carl, KD9HQT, says uh, he has the handbook from 1993 that was uh, owned by his grandfather in 9SNK and covers most of the theories and covering uh, components and designing antennas and such. Um, even though, um, you know, some of that's outdated, would some of that information uh, from before 93 and forward uh, be reused and revised to meet current information standards in this new book? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Um, laws of physics haven't changed very much since 1993, so the fundamentals of uh, electronics are still valid. Um, you'll find some antenna bits and transmission line bits that are verbatim um, from earlier editions. And um, that's um, that's an important part of the handbook is some things are not changing. And so we need to be consistent in the way that we present them and treat them. And um, 
it's kind of fun to keep some of this old stuff alive. Um, for example, uh, in the antenna book, um, there's a couple of pen and ink drawings that were in the very first edition back in 1939. And as long as I'm the editor, we're going to keep them in there. Oh, that's cool. Well, as they say on Star Trek and, and, and also Dr. Demento, you cannot faint, change the laws of physics, Jim. <laughs> uh, that's right. Yeah, that's true. And I thank Carl for his question. Um, it's good to keep some of these old books around and, um, you know, find your, um, your, you know, the, the notes or the signature of somebody from long ago and far away. I have a, a handbook from the year I was born and a handbook from the year I was licensed. And, um, you know, some guys try to collect them all. I, I'm not sure my house could stand the weight there, but, um, you know, uh, the handbook is a, a real uh, piece of ham radio tradition, even as it changes every year. So that's uh, important, and I thank the caller for the question. All right. Well, just checked. Uh, I think we've got all those covered, and we've got two minutes left. So uh, with these last two minutes, um, why don't you touch a little bit more on that new uh, remote control section of the handbook? Yes, very good. Um, remote control is a big deal. Um, many um, hams are using stations by remote control. There's more every week, and um, you can do that with very simple um, setup, or you can make it as complex as you want. But the Internet uh, connecting us to our radios is uh, enabling people who couldn't get on the air because of living conditions or restrictions or whatever um, they set up a remote station someplace or they share a remote station with somebody else. Anyway, there's a brand new section on how to do that. Um, Ken KK9N wrote it. Um, it updates from uh, Rick uh, K6VBA stuff before. It's really good material. It's um, not exactly cookbook because every station is different. But if you're contemplating remote uh, station control. This is a good chunk of the handbook that you'll find really useful. Ken is very knowledgeable about um, uh, networking things, and he lays it out very clearly what you need to do and how you can do it. Um, and the manufacturers are making their equipment more network friendly every year. So um, this is a big new area of ham radio and um, i think the readers will appreciate it now the one section that i need for that is how do you get your it administrator to allow that through the firewall at a school ah, is that go. a specific enough question <laughs> yes yes and um i wonder why you're asking that yeah um yeah, Ken should give you enough information that at least you can ask the right questions. You may still get to know, but um, uh, at least you can sound intelligent while you're getting there. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm still fighting that battle. Uh, we've got it all set up and ready to go and works great inside the inside the network. But uh, Well, you know, uh, if you're planning on doing a demo of ham radio, you know, you're going out to a shopping mall or a fair or something like that. I suggest uh, people consider using a remote station. The uh, portable setups are always a compromise, and uh, you often 
spend time trying to explain to people why you can't talk to anybody. Um, you know, it's noisy, low antennas and stuff like that. Why not use a remote station and have a nice big monitor there so they can see what's going on and use um, full-size antennas in a good location and really show them what ham radio is about. And most people will think that's just fine. Have some radio gear to show them, but say, hey, we're connected to a station someplace. And, and how about that? We're talking to Europe or South America or California or whatever. Yeah, that's some some great stuff. And Troy W nine KVR just chimed in and says says yeah, that's a great question because he has the same issue. So, <laughs> yep. uh, these school networks. All right, well we're out of time, uh, Ward. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thanks everybody, and um, glad to have a uh, have you invite me back. Thank you, Neil. All right. Well, that's a wrap for this week's Ham Talk Live. Thanks to Ward in Zero AX and everybody out there for uh, tweeting in. And uh, next week, Don Greenbaum in one DG will be here to talk about the KH1 Baker Island D Expedition. And you can see all of our upcoming guests at hamtalklive.com. This is Neil WB9VPG saying 7375, and may the good DX be yours.